This is episode number two of the Inspiration Place podcast. This week, I'm joined by my friend and professional artist, Blenda Tyvel, and we take listener questions about how much art do you really need to sell at an art fair and how to make room mock-ups. Plus, we share what we're working on right now in our art business. So for that, stay tuned. It's the Inspiration Place podcast with artist Miriam Shulman. Welcome to the Inspiration Place podcast, an art world insider podcast for artists by an artist, where each week we go behind the scenes to uncover the perspiration and inspiration behind the art. And now, your host, Miriam Shulman. All right, this is your host, Miriam Shulman, and today I have a special guest. She's going to help me co-host the podcast. Today I have with me Blenda Tyvel. Blenda is a professional artist and illustrator based outside of Portland, Oregon. Her art has been included in the set designs of Amazon's Just Add Magic and Girls Season 6. Her art is also licensed, and she is one of the top sellers on Etsy with thousands of sales over there. She also illustrates stationary children's books and designs home decor products. Linda and I actually know each other in real life, and we've been really good friends for over 10 years. So I always go to Blenda whenever we have to talk about something related in our art business. So that's why I'm super excited to bring her on as not just a guest, but a co-host today so that we can dig into what it's like behind the scenes in our art business. So welcome, Blenda. So Blenda, I've been getting a lot of questions from the Inspiration Place Facebook community, which is my free Facebook group, which anyone can join, by the way. So I've been getting a lot of questions and I would love to have your help in answering them because I know I really value your opinion. Sure. Let's get started. Okay. So the first question I have here is from Barbara and Barbara says, I have been considering getting a booth at a local art fair. How many paintings would one want to have on hand, not including prints or cards, to have for sale? Now, I know you don't do a lot of art fairs, but it's, it's not different than an open studio, mm-hmm. right? Right. And I have done them in the past, so I can right. totally right. okay. give her some. All right. So what do, you, what do you think? I mean, I know the thing is, Barbara... It totally depends on how large the paintings are because mm-hmm. it's like if you have six, and I don't know how large your booth is, but mm-hmm. let's pretend she has a 10-foot booth space, which right. that's pretty that's, typical. That's kind of typical, yes. Okay, so you have 10 feet wide and eight feet high. So you have like, and it's three walls. Right, yeah. So that's 240 square feet mm-hmm. of space. I would think between... 10 and 15 paintings because you can always, you can fill the walls with paintings and then you also have maybe a couple of easels that you put out in front to kind of get people's attention. Yeah. And because they're all kind of, you know, you want to have something kind of standing out away from the booth if, if they allow that kind of thing. And if you make some sales, you want to have a little bit of backup too. So um, I would have a little bit, a few extras on hand. And I would also vary the size of the paintings because not everyone can afford a really large painting. I think though it's really important though to have for the center panel of your booth, or if it's not a booth, because sometimes when you're at an art fair, they give you a fence. Mm -hmm. Whatever your display is, that you center a really large painting in the middle. Right, kind of like an attention grabber. Exactly. So mm-hmm. just like at when you go to the jewelry store, they'll put out like this gorgeous, whatever, statement, diamond mm-hmm. necklace, maybe not diamonds, but they'll put out the huge necklace, which is not what they expect people to buy, but it grabs everyone's attention. Right, yeah. So it like draws people in. So mm-hmm. you assume that you're going to have one big one that you put in the middle that draws people in, and then I always make sure I have prints on hand of whatever that statement piece is because people, that's the one that people are going to want to buy, but they can't afford it, but then they want to print and they're going to ask you, do you have any prints? So you absolutely have to have prints. Yes, totally agree. And another thing I found out that um, in addition to prints, greeting cards with your artwork on them really sell well, at least in our area, they sell really well. It's just something that, if people can't afford a print, they will at least pick up some greeting cards. And just recently, I sold a painting 
because someone had bought some greeting cards with the image on it and she just fell in love with the image and then came back a couple months later and bought the painting. So there's a lot of advantages to having different price points. Yeah, but I also feel it's real important not to sell individual note cards. Like yes. Sell them and, one at a time because... That's something yeah. that I followed your advice on that because I was selling them individually. And I have... I've actually seen an increase in my card sales because they're now in packs and yeah, it hasn't slowed, slowed the card pricing, the card sales down at all. No, because if somebody wants to spend a couple dollars on a card, they, they just as happily spend $20 on a pack of cards. Exactly. Yeah. So I only sell them in packs and in case you're wondering, I only sell them in packs of six and I take six of my folded note cards with six envelopes and I package them in a clear box. Do you do it the same way in a clear box that I do? We talk I do. And then I have two different sizes. I have note cards. They're smaller. They're like, you know, note, car- note card size. And then I have the five by sevens. Do you oh. have two different sizes? No. Where do you get the five by sevens done? What size do you do? Just the four by six. Okay. Those are note card size. Yeah. So where do you, right. okay. where do you get the five by seven? Uh, five by sevens. Let's see. Um, I get them from Fine Art America because you can just have a big image just printed right on the outside. I don't know. I'm kind of looking around though. I'm not sure. The thing I don't like about Fine Art America is they put their big logo on the back of it. Oh, I wouldn't but like people that. Don't, people don't seem to care though. They. No, but I care because yeah, if I'll turn it over, I want it to be my logo exactly. or my website. And, and, right. I like that so much better. So I'm kind of shopping around right now, but that's the ones I have right now. And people seem to really like them, but there's lots of places you can have them done. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's good. I'll have to check out the prices on Fine Art America, but I'm, I'm pretty happy with my four by six. Nobody ever said to me, not even once, do you have a bigger size? No, I think, so, I think just having just the note card sizes. Yeah. You know what? I take that back. I'm never going to look on. Fine. <laughs> I'm never going to do the five by seven. Right. Because like, first of all, how much <laughs> more can you it. charge anyway? And it's going to cost, it's certainly going to cost me more. And then how much more can I possibly charge for a pack of cards? Right. It's hard to charge more than 20 bucks. I mean, t- sometimes people complain about the 20 bucks, but mm-hmm. tough. Right. <laughs> I, I mean, they, they do buy it though. I put fewer of the, the five by sevens in a pack. Yeah. I'll put like six different, by the way, and what I do, Barbara, since you're wondering, I'm sure, well, I'm sure other people are wondering too. It, mm-hmm. I don't put, let's say I have a camel. I don't put six camels in a package. I will put a camel, an elephant, giraffe. I'll put like five different images in one or six different images in one package. And I'll put an an additional six images in a different package. And what people like to do is they'll then instead of spending 20 bucks, they often will spend $40 because they want to get both sets. So you do a separate image, like you do six different images. Like sometimes you don't do that. No, sometimes I've done two of each. No, I do. I, so what I do is, uh, it, and it's all with the calendar. So they, I had the calendar out with the 12 images, and then I put six of the images in one set and the other six in another set. So people feel like they don't have the complete set unless they buy both. Oh, I love that. That's do it next time. It is. Yeah. And then people feel like, because when there's only three, they feel like they have to be in love with those three. And mm-hmm. it's definitely more of an incentive for them mm-hmm. to buy it when they know they're getting all six. Oh, I like but that. They're better. not getting all six. They need to get both packs to get 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I also like, see, I haven't gotten it down quite to the science like you have. Like, I think that's brilliant, though, to do the calendar and then the images in the card sets. Because right now I'm just kind of randomly doing kind of the ones that people really like and putting those in the cards. So they kind of don't all tie to the calendar. But okay. you've got it down. That's no, even... I, I always... That's what, yeah. <clears throat> I always theme it. So mm-hmm. it's like this year I'm doing garden flowers and it's a garden flower calendar and two different garden flower note card sets. So, mm-hmm. And then people... And then a lot of people, if they like it, they get all three. They'll get the calendar and both sets of note cards. 
Right. That's really good. Now you have like, so instead of making a $5 sale on a single note, a single note card, you're making like $60 because Mm -hmm. they're buying the calendar and two sets of note cards. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Good way to market it. Yeah. And one other thing I would say to Barbara is that, so you have your statement piece and you want prints of the statement piece, but what you should do is with your prints, only put out one of each print for the customers to see and put the duplicates where they can't see them. Yes. That works. It really does. So it sells. Then when after the customer walks away, then you can put this, the second, you know, whatever it is. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Now, Miriam, do you do different sizes? Like, do you have like no. eight by tens? No. What size I, do you put out? I then? only do the eleven by fourteen with the fourteen by eighteen inch mat, and that sells for sixty eight dollars. Okay, so you don't do like the eight by tens at all? No, because that seems like that's my big seller. Like, I frame that. I I don't frame it. I mat it and then sell it matted, so it's eleven by fourteen. How much do you sell that for? Mm, $36. Probably not enough. Well, I used to do that, but then I discovered that the people who wanted the prints, it's the same thing as the note cards. Uh So just like the person who was willing to spend $5 on a note card was just as happy to spend $20 on a pack of note cards. Uh The person who would spend $40 on a print would also very happily spend $68 on a bigger print. Mm-hmm. And they're very happy with those because they're substantial size prints. Then they're not so big though that people think, "Oh, where am I going to put it? I have to put it over a sofa." Yes, but they really feel like they're getting a good value, and mm-hmm. I make a lot more money that way because it's sixty dollars mm-hmm. every time. And usually they'll buy two or three if they really like it. They'll get a couple to put together. Mm-hmm. All right, so I hope that helped you, Barbara. And now we have another question, which I think kind of goes along with this whole selling in person idea. Um, Anna, Anna wants to know how to close a sale in a way that they will come back. Oh, I'm not quite sure what she means, but they they will come back. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a return customer. I mean, I I guess, you know, the the main thing is that whenever you sell something, you want to make sure you stay in touch with them by adding them to your email list. And right. And sending them a little note card after the sale, especially if it's an original. Yes. And you say this worked for you, Blenda. Tell tell, um, our listeners about what happened with your last open studio with sending out stuff ahead of time. Right. Uh, Send out a postcard. Well, first first of all, you do the emails. And so make sure that they're on your email list and let them know about your open studio with emails. But then a lot of the people that have come to the open studio will leave their address. Like I have them sign up if they want to sign up for the email. Well, then they'll leave their address too if they want to get a postcard because I tell them that I'll send you a little postcard in the mail for the next open studio. And I was just amazed at how many showed up because of the postcard. Yeah. So, and then just putting a little, some kind of a little greeting on there, like uh, looking forward to seeing you. It was pretty, it seems like a lot of money to pay for the stamps and then you have to get the postcard made. And then another tip that uh, Miriam and I always do, this is Miriam's tip, (laughs) is always put it into an envelope to make it so that they have to open it up. Yeah, Yeah, because when you send a postcard, you don't want it to be like lost with with the other third class mail. You want it to feel like, and you want it to feel like an invitation. Right. And... I always have either my assistant or myself, uh, well, we hand write on the envelope. And I think that really makes people want to open it because they feel like it's a personal uh, card that way. And so they're more apt to open the card. Yeah, all those little things make a difference. And I think another thing that sort of seems to work is when you're making the postcard to put one image on the front of the postcard so that they're more apt to pin it onto their fridge or to their bulletin board because there's just this one kind of impressive image that they can see. Yeah, I usually do that. And this mm-hmm. last time I, I didn't and I regret it. Like I had three images on the front and that never does as well as the one image. 
No, I think no. I think they like that little gift of getting a little card. That I mean, some people even frame those little postcards. <laughs> so, but just make sure that all of your good information is on the back of it, like um, and the front on both sides. Right. You could put your yeah. You could put yeah. Your, well, because I feel like if if they pin it on the board, you don't want all the information. Hide hidden on the back side because they pin it up and then they forget to come to your event. What's the point of that? Right, that's true. Yeah, so I always want to make sure like the date at least is on the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean not all the information, but like the most important. All right, so do we have any other advice for Anne about closing the sale? Like, what do you have any of your what's your go tos to close the sale? I have a few. Mm-hmm. I think you just need to be friendly and. Just show, give them advice. I don't think people are up to find out maybe where they're going to hang it in their house. And it just kind of, I don't know. It, you don't See, want to be I, too I'm pressured. way more aggressive than you are. Yeah, I know yeah. you are. You <laughs> probably make more sales than I do, but I'm, I'm kind of more. Well, you're Portland. I'm New York. I'm pushy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <a> <laughs> No, I, I think the asking the question that I could, because it's kind of where I struggle a little bit. I really do. It's just hard for me to like, you know, I'm an artist. Come on. I'm not a salesperson. <laughs> no, but I think the one thing you did say you did is very good is um, ask them where they want to hang it. Because what you want to do is start getting them to imagine the future of owning it and start thinking that way. So once they start imagine, so I like, you know, like that, like you said, where do you want to hang it up? Where do you imagine hanging this in your home? Is this for you or a gift? Like these things, you start getting them to imagine the future of owning the painting is really important. Right. Then you do need to ask for the sale. So I you will do, say, and I struggle with this. It's not that hard. It's just like, just like you, you ask them, where are you going to hang it? You just, you don't say buy this painting or get out of my house. I mean, you just say, you can say to them, how would you like to pay for this? You basically assume that they want to buy it. Right. Okay. So think about the things that are on your website that lead them to a sale, PayPal or credit card. So how would you like to pay for this? Cash your I think that's, you want to, that's a good strategy. Yeah. I like that. Do you want me to wrap this up for you? If you're right. not sure they're going to buy it. Do you want me to wrap this up for you? The other thing I found really helps is that if it's somebody who is local and they'll say, can you put this aside for me? I, I don't have a check. I don't have my checkbook. I've actually just let them take it home and tell them, mail me a check. I have done that too. And I think that... That's a good strategy. I really I've do. I've never been never. No, they don't. No, no. they really don't. Yeah. Because, and then, and then yeah. the thing of it is, once they have it in their possession and they see how it fits with their home, it's just like, you know, they can't let it go. They want, yeah. it, they want to have it. And I've also done where people do, um, they make payments on them too. So it just depends on how you feel about that. But uh, it's always, I've always had good experience with that too, where it's always worked out well. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I hope that helps, Anna. Okay. We have one last question before we wrap up. This question is from Corin, and Corin wants to know, what software or app can I use to make mock-ups of my wall art in a mock-up room for website listings? Hmm. Now, Are you still using Photoshop? I do. I do a lot of Photoshop, but not everybody can do that. There's, so what was the question again? What website? She wants to know if there's like a, a software that she can use to. Oh, somebody. I know there was a, an app for it that people were using, but anymore, there's so many places that you can go to see your artwork on a wall. Like for instance, even Fine Art America or ImageKind. If you upload the artwork, then yeah, they'll have it in a room view that you can, you know, just take a screenshot of that and use that. Or like for instance, with those, I think I think ImageKind is the same way, but most of those places where they do the POD, Society Six, I think also has some little mock-ups, and Redbubble mm-hmm. does too. Mm-hmm. So you kind of almost don't need to do anything. You just upload your artwork to those places, and then look through, and you'll see. But that I don't feel right using like an ImageKind 
um, mock-up unless I'm sending people to image kind. Do you know what I mean? Well, I send them lots of business though, so I'm not, it doesn't bother me, but I guess, I mean, you know, if you upload your artwork to it, why can't you show that as a, okay. So you think maybe that wouldn't work? No, I'm not saying I haven't done it. Okay, well, Photoshop but is... I really mean, think that the problem is, is you, you're limited to the style, the rooms that are there on those sites, and it may not go with the colors exactly. Okay. And That's true. It may not be the aesthetic. So I, I think Corin or whoever wants to learn how to do this, it's not hard to learn how to do some simple things in Photoshop to put your art into a room. I do offer a class on that, so I'll definitely put a link in the show notes um, called Print Apprenticeship, which gives tutorials in Photoshop on how to show your art in a room because you could definitely learn how to do it yourself and it does, it's not that hard and that way you have more control over how your art looks. I agree. I think that's really good advice. It's, it's not that hard. And then the thing with um, all the professional artists that we know who sell online, don't they all do it themselves with Photoshop? Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. And then you can also, if you have walls in your house, you can also just take a picture doing it that way. Uh, you're asking about mock-ups. So um, there's places like, I think it's U-Splash. Unsplash. There's places that you can get room views. Oh, yeah. So you and go then, to stock photography. Because, right, right stock, stock photography. And so you need to have those room views in order to do it in Photoshop, right? Is that what you're... Yeah, you can do that. Or another thing that I was told to do, which I think is good advice. So you take a picture of your mantle with no painting on the wall and you take a picture of your couch with no painting on the wall and you use that over and over again in Photoshop to put your art on. You don't have to actually hang up the art every time. You just hang it up. But I do prefer using stock photography or professionally photographed rooms because uh-huh. it's really difficult to photograph interiors. It is. And there's a lot of them out there. There's all kinds of places that you can go. I think if you just Google it, you can find room views. Yeah. Where you can put your art on the walls. So I hope that helped you, Corin. And I think we are out of questions. Oh, by the way, Miriam, I have to tell you, I thought you did really well on that interview with, with Ashley. Oh, good. I'm glad you think so. I thought I blew it. <laughs> so much I felt like I criticized. I haven't even listened to it yet. No, it, it's really good. And you know what? I, I feel that by the end of the interview, I think that the questions that you asked sounded so intelligent and so like you were so informed that, yeah, I think she, she kind of seemed like she sat up a little straighter by the end of the interview. <laughs> I think so too. But also I think she would have sat up straighter in the beginning if I had properly introduced myself and that was on me. So from now on, like when I'm bringing in somebody who I don't have a relationship with, I think Uh I have to set us up a little better. Uh I was just so damn nervous. And she just like her assistant sat her down kind of like, you know, the secretary getting the boss on the phone type of thing. Uh And so you know, first it was like, I wasn't seeing anything. It just said the name Ashley Longshore and there was silence. And then finally it, it went to fuzz and then I could hear them talking. And then I heard her talking to her assistant saying, what was she what saying is this again? What is this? Oh. And she's like, oh, it's a, it's a podcast. Like, How long is it going to take? She said 30 minutes. So then I was like, damn, I only have 30 minutes. Oh no. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So then I felt I had to keep it to 30 minutes, but I felt like she would have gone on a little longer, but I didn't want, I, it was like that, in, I was like that insecure, um, you know, girl who like kind of wants to end it before the guy ends it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I wanted to be the one to break up, you know. <laughs> you did really well. And okay. She, and you didn't, you didn't come across as nervous at all. So I think it went really well. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you liked it. Definitely. Yeah. Do, do, so for the only, class, the only thing, ahead. it's too bad that um, her audio seemed a little, maybe you can, I don't know. Maybe you I don't can. Know. I was, no? I was too lucky to have her on to like, if no, 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 I don't else, mean to, I would have just said, this isn't working. No, but no, I was wondering if, yeah. if you can do it like in, post like i don't, I don't know sometimes you know just yeah. leave it yeah it's totally fine the main it's thing you can do fine. in post is like let's say your audio ends up louder than my audio 
Uh that's something that's easy to do. Or if there's some sort of extra background noise, sometimes they can edit that out. Mm -hmm. But the overall quality, it's really hard. Yeah. It's kind of like you take a picture of a painting. If it sucks, it sucks. Right. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. She has really nailed it. She's got... I know. She really has. She's got so much going on. And I just... I really admire her. It's just amazing the things that she's got going on in her life. And it's all because of her artwork. Like, wow. But I mean, she, she's, she hustles. Like I, so have you gotten a chance to read her book yet? No. Oh my gosh. You have to get it. Okay. It says you don't look fat. You look crazy. Oh, picture of her in a wonder woman costume, reaching into a bag of donuts with that, like from the, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, uh, what, what are they called? The Oompa Loompas? Yeah. Is that what they're called? Like That's, holding up the donut box. Her imagination is just incredible. That Unbelievable. Is so- anyway, so the book, it starts off being kind of like how she, how she became an artist. Mm-hmm. And then towards the back, it's mostly just talking about different pieces, like, and then what was the inspiration behind each piece? Oh, so I did read the book in preparation for the interview, which was really helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved it. I loved it. So she oh, that's cool. Really so funny. it's she hasn't interviewed a bunch of people. It's just about her artwork, kind of a collection of her artwork type of thing. Is that what it's, it is? Yeah. So it starts off memoir style, and then and the, but it's it's all illustrated with her art throughout. Mm-hmm. Like it's very easy read because every other page has a painting. Mm-hmm. or a saying or something. And then, and, the, and it's a pretty short book anyway. And then towards the end, it's really just, she slips into just talking about different artworks and what was she thinking when she made it. So for example, there's a painting that she calls uh, the Gucci pig. Oh. And then she talks about the reason it's uh, what inspired her to make the Gucci pig was she had ordered very expensive Gucci boots, six thousand mm-hmm. dollar boots that she actually probably was waitlisted for. And by the time they, you know, and then she was all excited. And when they arrived and she took them out and tried to put them on and z- zip them up, she couldn't zip them up over her calves because oh. they were made for like skinny size zero mm. socialites. So anyway, so then then inspired the Gucci pig and there's a <laughs> lot hilarious. of it's really funny i know um oh and then i was listening to the podcast and she talks about how what did she do she sold the painting someone bought the painting right and then she went and purchased another pair of gucci boots that fit is that you know, right I, did she say that i had to go back and listen to it i, think, I was I so wound up and so nervous I yeah, I better go back to my own podcast. <laughs> I think that's what she said. I also love how she collects artwork of other artists. I do too. I think that is so amazing. And you know what? That has to do with like the law of attraction, which totally. you and I both love. Yeah. Because <laughs> it works. It really it does. does. It does. <laughs> I mean, I'm still buying little paintings that I collect, <laughs> but that, you well, know. I'm buying in proportion to the kinds of paintings I sell. <laughs> That's okay. That's I'm, fine. But I also liked how she said, too. so she didn't understand at first when I said, oh, I hid it under my bed. She, she thought I was hiding it from my husband in the sense that I didn't want him to know that I spend money. But it wasn't so much that because, like she said, I make my own money too. I don't care about yeah. how he can go stick it. It's just that for me, it's not even about hanging it on the wall. Mm-hmm. It's, me, just it's just about hard. having it in your yes. possession. Yes. The ownership, yeah. the ownership. Totally. Yes. So like when I bought that gorilla painting from August Ren, which I'm, I'm so happy I got that by the way, but it's still oh. unframed. It's just, you know, in a plastic thing and it just stuck. I just stuck it in my kitchen. Like it did <laughs> artwork. <you know? laughs> and I got to see it. Remember? Yes. I was there. You showed it to me. Yes. And now I'm particularly happy I got that one because did you hear about Coco the gorilla? She died. I know. That is so sad. I know. Mm, I I love that story. I I used to, I used to look for YouTubes and I don't know, what did we watch back then? Back when it was, was there a book written on it or a documentary or something? I don't know, but I have to find it. But uh, last night, Ron and I went to see the Mr. Uh, Rogers documentary. Have you seen it? What did you see? 
the Mr. Rogers. No, but I've heard about it. Yes, yes. Happy, is it a happy? Well, a happy documentary or what? Um, I wouldn't say it's unhappy, but I did cry a lot during it. What? Yes. Well, first of all, I'm so sad about what's happening right now with those children, oh. with my grandchildren. And yeah. he talks about like that there's, I forget how he put it. Like there's only love in the world. It's either the, the love or the absence of love and about loving children. And you think about if he was alive right now, like how devastated he would be that this is happening to these kids. So, um, you know, there was that, but then there was also, there was so much that happened during our generation. And most of this was my childhood because he started filming in 1968 which was when mm-hmm. I was born. So there were so many things that he was dealing with during that happened during my childhood. Uh, and some of it during my teenagers, like the challenger exploding, like that was in there. Oh, that and was, that part, I was just like, I, I had just said, that was devastating. Do you remember that? I think that's, that's one of those moments where I think everybody that was alive and has, you know, was old enough to remember knows where they were. Definitely. Definitely. Like, like for when, my when generation, President- that was like my Kennedy assassination. Like for, for people my age who weren't alive during yeah, like, that, like the challenger, everybody knows. Yeah. And I know I was in high school and they had the TV set up in the library. Yes. I was in school too. I was taking classes. I was oh, really to go back to school. Yeah. Wow. And um, it was, oh my goodness. That was just, it was terrible. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, but I also remember <laughs> the Kennedy assassination. I was in school for that too. Right. I know. Cause you're, you, I always was, forget you're a bit older than me. Cause you look yeah. like young and beautiful. But. Oh, <laughs> the teacher uh, left the room. She was, I don't know. She went into the teacher conference room, I think to have a cigarette. <laughs> Teachers used to smoke back then. <laughs> They'd go into the teacher's lounge and have a cigarette. Right. But she came back in the room and she was crying and we were all just like, what's happened? And then she wrote on the chalkboard, president Kennedy has been assassinated. And we were just like, what's assassination? We didn't know what that was. Well, that that's what was in the Mr. Rogers documentary. They had this one scene where the little lion puppet comes out and he asks, I forget the, the, the human person who's actually in the land of make-believe like this woman and the the lion goes um first he goes will you help me blow up the balloon and then while she's blowing it up the tiger goes what does assassination mean and it was just such a poignant moment and just the way mr rogers knew that this is the way children need to deal with it they they're hearing this word and they Mm -hmm. don't know what it means just like what you said yeah yeah and so that's was another moment in the in the movie where I was like, oh my god, <laughs> oh. where's Mister Rogers now when we need him? Oh, <laughs> you know? So was is this a documentary? Because I've just heard people yeah. talking about it, and I haven't actually. Yeah, and Coco the gorilla is in it, and Coco the gorilla. So he, he he she came on his show, and they're hugging each other, and then the gorilla in sign language says to Mister Rogers, "I love you." Oh. Yeah, I is this so then I cried again. <laughs> oh my goodness! And she mentioned that the Tish woman was having the exhibit for her. Did you know who that was? The the wet woman. She was saying there was a woman having this exhibit for her in the Hamptons. Oh, in the Hamptons. And did you recognize that name, Tish? Um, no. That's okay if you didn't. It's a very <laughs> New York thing. No, that's why I'm asking you. If, okay. if I thought you should know, I wouldn't even bring it up. I'd be like, of mm-hmm. course you know. No, so, <laughs> so wait, let me tell you. So, um, you know, I don't know what the Tisch family does, if they're a real estate family or whatever, but there's a whole school. So NYU has, you know, university has all these schools, like the Steinhardt School. Well, one of the schools is the Tisch School. Mm-hmm. So it's like a whole college. Mm-hmm. I should look up with this Tisch family. Hold on. I'm going to do it right now. It's, it's a rich person. <laughs> the rich, rich is good rich is good yeah. i i love her ambition i just love it i just think that she's she's I, invented a whole word huh a whole word. she invented a whole word for that did you hear this is it no. on her instagram feed she calls it ambitious 
ambitious. I love it. I know. I love that that she just puts it all out there. She She just lets her whole personality show and she doesn't, she doesn't give a flip. (laughs) No, I know she doesn't, she doesn't care. Yeah, she's yeah. she's really she's she's such an amazing person. Oh, did you catch that part when I asked her if she was like as is she an extrovert or an introvert? And she said she was an introvert. I don't. She did. Believe, I don't believe that. No, I do believe it because what I asked her is like what she puts out there because because people don't think of me as an interview because I'm introvert introvert because I'm so loud and I'm not afraid to go on camera. Yes. Yeah, you don't seem like. But an I am an introvert. Like, so there's people who you can put things out there and, you know, it's part of your act, not that you're not Uh being authentic or genuine, Uh but it's your, it's, you're putting out your, your extroverted self, but that does, but you still need your, to get power from being alone in your alone time. So I thought that was interesting that she said. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm definitely an introvert big time. Me Me too. I actually uh, went to the uh, a march yesterday, and I had to I had to leave because it was there was too many people. I get that way too. Like if I yeah. go to I, I don't know. I mean, I it's like, like it when I'm there, and yeah. I enjoy the people and everything. It's yeah. just when I get home, I'm so exhausted. I just feel like oh, I just have to like kind of crawl into my shell and get rejuvenated. It happens every time, you know, like that's actually the difference between an introvert and extrovert. A lot of people think that it means you don't like people or you're not Mm. social and that's not it at all. All it means is whether being around people gives you energy or drains you of your energy. Uh It drains me. Me too. And I love, so when I go to a party, I like to find just one person to talk to. Exactly. And I'm exactly the same way. So one-on-one it energizes me. Yes. But when it's a big group of people, it just kind of like sucks everything. Out. Well, I <laughs> know I can't do it. I'm not good at three-way conversation. Yeah. Like if I'm at a party and I started the conversation and I'm one-on-one with somebody and then mm-hmm. the third person comes up to the conversation, I will usually let the other two people take over and then it'll be <laughs> yes. like, I did that. All too. right, I need to. I need to refresh my drink now. Uh-huh. <laughs> we'll slip away. It's like you guys got this. <laughs> yeah, so. it's the way we are. You know, I, I was I was listening to a podcast, and I really I have to find out who this person was. But she talks about how it was a guest in someone's podcast. How if you are an introvert, mm-hmm. how to use that to your advantage and. She was saying, well, you, you're not the person who's going to work the room or at a dinner party. You're not going to be the person that everyone remembers, mm-hmm. but you are going to be the person that listens carefully so that you might pick up on something and then you'll be able to follow up with people and say, you know, you mentioned about your son and here's an article I thought you would like, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like it's, so I found that to be really helpful, like just to kind of use our our listening powers and to mm-hmm. make more valuable connections rather than worrying about. Oh, I like that. That's a good yeah, point. I like too. Yeah. And did you notice also, so back to the interview, did you notice when she, when I asked her about, well, do you have your moments of self doubt? Did you hear that? No, I forgot. I missed that part. And she was like, well, maybe Tell you missed me. the question. Cause I might've been talking over her. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have moments of self-doubt? I want to hear this because she seems like someone that never has Oh, no. She absolutely has her moments where she's, you know, doesn't know that she has it all together. Mm. So that made her more real for me. I, I like that she's started this whole business around her art. Like uh, um, she has, what, over 20 people working for her? Well, well first right? of all, she, she runs a gallery, uh-huh. which you have to see, which I have to go back to. And by the way, I asked Ron if he wants to go to New Orleans, and he was like, we've been there already. <laughs> I think so. We might have to go by ourselves. I know. Sure. We should. I'm not sure if my husband will go. <laughs> we should. We should make an art weekend out of it because um, there's a lot of really good art galleries down there. So she has an art gallery. So if I you imagine love to just see to run a brick and mortars art gallery, that takes a certain amount of staff right there. So 
Mm-hmm. Um, dinky old me. I have a couple of people working for me, you know, maybe not full time, but you have people working for you too. I do. My assistant, she's <laughs> wonderful. Love her. Yeah. Yeah. Are we running out of takeaways? Uh, <laughs> Were there any other takeaways? <laughs> Let's see. What else about Ash? Yeah. But the thing I want to bring up about Ashley Longshore is um, the thing, the how I know her the best is through Instagram. And yes. on her let's, account. Let's talk about that. Love you, and you forgot to ask her, but that's okay. I'll forgive I you. didn't know. I asked her about that dancing guy you told me about. You did? I did. I said, where did you get the videos? And she was going on about that guy and how much she loved Wait a second. I need to go back and listen to it. Good Lord. Now I'm worried it didn't record. Oh, anyway. Okay. So yeah, her videos. I'm nervous. Like, did it cut out? (laughs) Her videos just crack me up. Her sense of humor is hilarious. And she has, I don't know, what about every um, third or fourth post on her Instagram are these hilarious videos. I don't know if she gets them off of YouTube. Did you ever find out where she gets them? She just told me who it was, but like, I was, I didn't want to embarrass her. Like, well, you have 20 people working for you. So is one person in charge of your Instagram channel. You know what I mean? I'm not. Oh, I totally. Yeah. I I gotcha. Yeah. She's not. I I did call her out on something though. She was talking about how, she doesn't like giving galleries 50%. And I said, yeah, well, you have 20 people working for you. What percent is that of your, do you know what I'm saying? So it, did you, did you I say did, that to her? I did. I did. She got a little prickly over that. And <laughs> I, I didn't need for her to tell me her margins or anything, but it is true that it's not like we keep a hundred percent by representing ourselves. we, it costs a lot of money to represent ourselves. Well, However, that's whatever... exactly... She's, she's right. You're right on that. And also galleries, uh, they, it takes a lot of money to rent a gallery and it does. Especially like her that. gallery is prime real estate on magazine street in new Orleans. Uh, I'm mm. sure it's less than Bleecker street or Greenwich village or, um, you know, whatever Scarsdale, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's, maybe it is, maybe it isn't less. Who knows? But yeah, yeah. I can, I imagine, I, I mean, I don't need to know what her margins are, but I imagine it, she would be doing well if she was keeping 50% of what she makes. Mm-hmm. She'd be doing very well. Yeah. Yeah. But the really good news is she's helping to support a lot of people, which is correct. pretty cool. Which she was Bring very quick to, to point out. So yeah. Um, that's pretty cool. But anyways, back to those videos. They're just hilarious. They really are. (laughs) And she usually makes some joke that's just, you know, has to do with her or something. I don't know. Oh, it does. Like, for example, she showed the, 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 this guy who does not look like a ballet dancer. He's probably 240 pounds, you would say. Uh Uh-huh. More or more, maybe more, 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 because it's a guy and he's tall. Yeah. And he's a ballet dancer and he's, and, and then the caption says something like, this is how I feel. And I know I've just ordered ice cream or something <laughs> like that. And, and then you see this fat guy pirouetting across the, across our Instagram. <laughs> and I think he had tights on or something. It was just so hilarious. Yeah, yeah no, right, right. He does like all these pirouettes and he's actually a very good dancer. It's very <laughs> joyous. So. Yeah. It brightens your day. <laughs> I I enjoy your Instagram. Although the only thing I have to say about Ashley is that it was a little bit of an acquired taste for me. Like I love her art and I get it now. But when I Uh first was, when I was first shown it, I was like, huh, like it took me a while to get, get it. Yeah, I think so. I think it does. But that kind of is the case a lot of times when you find an artist that you're kind of crazy over at first. It's true. Like, remember how I reacted at that um, art gallery when I ended up buying the art? And I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't even like her at first. And then I ended up buying it. I don't remember her name, which is bad. <laughs> I should go get the artwork. What was her name? Like, Seabost or something. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yeah. yeah, that was a good piece. I like that. Yeah. I'll definitely put a, a link to her name in the show notes because so, I like supporting other artists. So I'll make mm-hmm. sure everybody knows who that is. Um, and I am interviewing the the gallerist actually tomorrow. 
Oh. Yeah, tomorrow I'm interviewing her, but I have not taken the art out of the her. bag. Just, oh, <laughs> you haven't taken out of the bag. <laughs> it's still in the bag. I told you, well, when we first got it, I put it under my bed, mm-hmm. which, which oddly made me very happy knowing I had this art under my bed. Um, <laughs> and then my husband was looking under our bed for something. I'm not sure what, maybe the cat. And he's like, what is this? He thought it was the cat. And then it's like, oh, no, that's the art I bought. (laughs) (laughs) That was so much fun walking into that gallery. It was. And then he thought it must have been like way more expensive than it was since I bought it in a New York gallery, but it was actually pretty reasonable. Oh, not only in New York gallery, that was in Greenwich Village, wasn't it? Yeah, that was, was it on Bleecker, actually? Yeah. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Such a fun place. It was just one of those places that you just walk into and the whole experience was so much fun and it had to do with those with the ladies that were there and and our interaction with them. It was really I fun. I mean, I learned a lot going into that art gallery and I learned a lot actually by buying that piece. So, that mm-hmm. was worth it. And now I actually have an artwork if I ever take it out of the bag. After this conversation, go hang it up. So, Linda, <laughs> I do, I do want to wrap up because I'm like schwitzing here because I turned the air conditioner off so that it didn't interfere. But let's talk about what we're working on now and what we want to accomplish this week. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Well, the last week I have been doing a, this is one of my goals is to do a Skillshare class. Oh my goodness. It is so hard to do. And then, you know, like I thought that the the actual videoing was going to be the hard part. That took a couple days to set it all up and, and get my little project videotaped. And then I did a little introduction, like a headshot. But then the hard thing is, is just getting it into the editing and editing everything and trying to make it sound right and clipping it down so that it's not boring, like getting rid of all the boring stuff. So it only needs to be as long as it takes for you, takes for you to explain it. Okay. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I talk the whole time. And you they talk the whole like time? That. Yeah. I talk okay. the whole time. How long does Skillshare want their videos to be? They well, they have to be at least, the minimum is 10 minutes. Yeah, that's good. And I think mine is, I think I got down to like 20, but you know, I had like, oh my goodness, I had like hours and hours, maybe eight hours worth of video that I had to put down and I'm working on that right now. I had no idea it was going to take me that long. It's just, Mm. oh, it's going on and on and on. So hopefully I can learn a few tricks and tips on how to get this done quicker because yeah, (laughs) it is. It's a challenge. Well, you learned a lot by doing it. You know how I always say done is better than perfect and look at all the things yes. you learned Thank in this you process. For that. And I'm thinking that with each one, I'm going to get better because I've seen it with you. Oh my goodness. You are such a pro at this now. Oh yeah. I shudder at my look thinking about my first videos. I think I have to redo them. <laughs> like, <laughs> but the one I, I want to figure out, I want to know. Really how- good, but I want to redo some of those earlier videos because. Well, you know, you yeah. just got to start somewhere. It's all there is to it. Okay. So Miriam, what are you working on right now? Well, you know how we, last year we put out the cal- our calendars in August. Oh my goodness. Yes. We have to do that. Is yeah. That so aren't you doing that? Yes, I'm going to. Have okay. you started? Well, yeah, I decided mine is going to, well, I haven't started the calendar because I have to finish the paintings, but I decided this year I'm doing jungle animals. Oh, that's perfect. So I have giraffe. I have a panda. Um, I have two elephants. I'm working on a sloth. I think I I'm going to put in um, my camel from my camel from last year. It's okay to reuse a, an oldie but a goodie. Is that a jungle I, animal? <laughs> uh, no, no, it, it's not. That's a good. Point. That's okay. So that's wait, okay. Can I just call it exotic animals or wild animals or wild wild animals? Okay. All right. Fine. Okay. Don't forget to do Coco the gorilla. Oh yes. I have to do a gorilla. (laughs) I love gorillas. I know. All right. So that's what I'm working on is that, I mean, I'm trying to knock off a painting a week. And so since we're like the beginning of July, I hope 
by August to have all the paintings I need for the calendar done. Mm-hmm. so I can create the calendar and pre-sell it. Cause last year when I pre-sold it, that worked really well. Mm-hmm. I do it that did. Again. And those calendars. Yeah. I think we both sold a lot of them. Yeah. And that was my biggest selling time. Also was the pre-selling. I, you know, you always think calendars sell are going to sell in December, January. Mm-hmm. And by then people have moved on. Yeah, they really have. Yeah. So August and September. Yeah. Cause they're kind of buying them up for Christmas gifts and, that kind of thing. Yeah. All right, Blanda. So this was really fun talking with you. You have to come back and co-host another episode. Oh, I'd love to. Okay. And then we'll talk about that and anything else that's inspiring us at the moment. Okay. We'll, yes. we'll think of something. Stuff always comes up, right? We don't have to think of anything. We're, we're full of ideas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Blenda, thank you so much for joining okay. us today. Um, Blenda, where should my listeners go to find you? I think right now I'm the most active on Instagram. So Blenda Studio on Instagram. Perfect. I love your Instagram feed. Oh, thank you. Yes, for sure. All right, Blenda, thank you so much. And we will talk soon. All right. Okay. It's been really a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Okay. Bye for now. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Inspiration Plays podcast. I would love to know what you thought of that. So join me in conversation over on Instagram. You can find me at Shulman Art on Instagram, send me a direct message there. You can find me on Facebook, also Shulman Art. And I even have a free Facebook group, The Inspiration Place. I hope you'll join me there. Write to me and let me know what you think. So thanks so much for spending this time with me and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Inspiration Place podcast. Connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com slash shulmanart, on Instagram at shulmanart, and of course, on shulmanart.com. Tune in next time for The Inspiration Place podcast when I'll be talking with photographer Jeffrey Shaw, and we'll be discussing how to price art for the high-end market. Here's a little clip of what you can expect. So same thing is true if you go walk into Walmart, you walk into you know most of your typical department stores, there is a lineup of cash registers. Yet if you go to a high-end store, Burdorf's and Neiman Marcus, you're hard-pressed to find a register, right? It's going to be discreetly tucked away. Burdorf Goodman does an amazing job at completely making it impossible to find a cash register. And the difference is that whether you are speaking the language of relational or transactional to your customers. So join me next time for the Inspiration Place podcast. Hey there, this is Blenda Tyval from blendastudio.com and you're listening to the Miriam Shulman podcast. What's it called again? Yeah, it's called, it's totally <laughs> wrong. It's the Inspiration it's, oh. it's the Inspiration Place podcast. <laughs>